Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining me, Pro Football Focus's fantasy expert, Ian Harditz, who I know we talked with recently, but this is a big week for fantasy football for, I mean, of course, the universe, but at Pro Football Focus as well. The fantasy football guide is coming out. Ian, how are you? Doing great, man. Good to be back on the show. And you said it. I feel like we got fantasy football back in the air. I mean, look, you and me, we're 365 days a year grinding this stuff. But it's good to see, you know, the general public seemingly getting back into it. I don't have time for basketball, soccer, and all this stuff. So I'm happy everyone's starting to get on the same page. Fantasy football kind of reminds me of like NASCAR with the Daytona 500, where it's the first thing sort of that begins the football season when people get really excited is when they do their first fantasy football draft. So I am going to do a fantasy football draft live with you, a simulation, and we're going to go through your strategy for making your picks. But first I wanted to ask you in leagues where you have to pick a defense, How does one go about picking a defense? And specifically, I mean, the Vikings defense is so overhauled. It's not like you can look at last year's stats really with defenses, right? It seems like it's kind of a tricky beast. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. But you said it first in leagues where you have to pick a defense because people, if you're doing a draft in July or whatever and you don't have to, don't. Take backup running backs and hope that, you know, something like a Le'Veon Bell holdout happens or you get these random opportunities to just have more upside in your roster. So, you know, defenses and kickers, it's just so easy to play the waiver wire during the season if you can help it. Uh, I will say the one thing I le- I really like to look at for a defensive stat is it's called Havoc. I've actually seen it more in the uh, college football streets, but basically it's uh, tackles for a loss or no gain, plus forced fumbles, plus interceptions, plus batted passes and deflections, plus pressures. Havoc, just like it sounds, all divided by play. So the top defenses last year in Havoc rate were the Steelers and Buccaneers, only two teams over 50%, and the Saints, Bills, Rams, Ravens, Washington, Eagles, Seahawks, and Dolphins. So that's kind of the main thing. I mean, at this point in today's NFL, with how many points every single offense is putting up, we just got to try to play for, you know, negative plays, try to create some action. Because, you know, you get one, like, uh, forced fumble defensive touchdown, and pretty much everything is good. Like, I remember that uh, 54-51 Chiefs Rams game from a few years ago like the Rams gave up 51 points but they still were a quality defense that week so I think they scored twice so you know more than anything I'm paying attention to that pass rush like how often teams are blitzing and trying to get after them the Ravens were in there like they're consistently uh, doing that so I would just say uh, you know Vikings probably not going to be a team I'd be uh, targeting too heavily but in the right matchup you know if we think they have an advantage at the line of scrimmage uh, that'd be the route I'd be trying to go. 
Well, and, and with the Vikings, I mean, I still don't see their sack total being super high. They've got Daniil Hunter back and they signed Sheldon Richardson, but Sheldon Richardson is not a double digit sack guy. They have two nose tackles. The other defensive end position right now is very much up in the air between DJ Wanham and Steven Weatherly, which neither one of those guys you're writing in for 10 sacks. So if you have to rely on that and Zimmer's defenses have not always been huge turnover defenses. Like a lot of times they're not big risk taking. It's a lot of play, very solid, get teams into third down and long. Then you send your blitz. Then you look for your big play. But I've always found it interesting that when you go through, you would think, Oh, they've got all this talent. They must get tons of interceptions and tons of sacks. And even, I mean, at their best, they were getting a lot of sacks, but even then it wasn't like 60 sacks in a season. Yeah, I just pulled it up last year. They were 23rd in a blitz percentage, one of only looks like nine or 10 teams were under 26%. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, again, fantasy defense is so much different than a real life defense. We need to treat it as such. So, you know, obviously Mike Zimmer knows what he's doing out there. I'm not telling him to change uh, anything like that. Just when we're focusing on these teams. Yeah, I think those that are blitzing, just trying to, again, create the most havoc up front. Those are the ones you should be focusing on. Well, I always like that you have a stat for absolutely everything. And got to. And then we can discern like what it says about real football and what it says about fantasy football. Uh, okay. Let's just, let's just do a fantasy draft simulation here. I'm not going to make you pick a bench. We're just going to go through a couple of starters and we will pick a kicker because we have to pick a kicker. No, so I, no. I made a, right. Yeah. We have to pick a kicker. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you um, talking about? I'm never picking a kicker. I am making you pick a kicker. Oh my gosh. So I literally um, didn't do in the whole Scott fishbowl. They said you can put <laughs> kickers in the super flex. I said, I'm protesting never kicker. <laughs> Never kickers. Uh, Vikings fans would agree that kickers just aren't necessary in oh, this man. world. Yes, so man. here's what I did. I made it a 12 team league and I gave us the fifth overall pick because I didn't want to be first. Here's how it played out. Tell me if this is kind of how you see things playing out. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Delvin Cook, Derek Henry. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, yeah, Saquon's been the only one that sometimes falls out of that group. I don't know why. I'm happy to scoop him up whenever he does. But to me, that's been the consensus big four really all offseason long. After that, I am, I would be going with Ezekiel Elliott as the RB5. You know, people are coming down on the guy hard, and I get it. He did not look good at the end of last year. But as bad as that was, he still finished the season as the RB8 or RB9. Even points per game, he was a borderline RB1. And that was worst case. That was without Dak, without the offensive line with Dak he was the RB3 even without the offensive line so it's funny how a couple years ago we were actually having like legit conversations about who was more important to the Cowboys offense but either way I mean Zeke you know I'm I'm not buying the whole best shape of his life reports or anything like that I'm buying that the Cowboys still have 90 million reasons to give this dude as many touches as he can handle so he's been nothing except you know a top five really running back with Dak under center over the years so I think Zeke is the easy pick for RB5. When were you in the best shape of your life? Oh, man, I would have to say like 19, right before I quit uh, college football before my sophomore year. I was I was always an undersized linebacker, man. I finally got up to 215, maybe had like two practices and I was like another concussion. So peace. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for, for me, it was after my, I think freshman year of college, I worked road construction oh, for man. an entire summer. Yeah. I was, I mean, pretty jacked after working road construction. Those not forearms even, were probably yeah. popping out of your yeah. shirt. That's right. It was not like, I wasn't doing super complicated work or anything like incredibly manly, but it was just like eight hours of physical labor every day after being 
mostly uh, lazy the rest of the tough time. Tough job, man. So, tough yeah, job. yeah, definitely not best shape of my life at this moment. Anyway, so here's what we got on the board. So those guys are off the board. Those are the top selections. I've got Alvin Kamara. I've got Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, who you just talked about. So would you go Ezekiel Elliott over Jonathan Taylor, over Alvin Kamara? Because it seems like Taylor is getting a lot of buzz as a guy who could emerge as one of the elite running backs in the NFL. Absolutely. Because look at these guys that are just most likely scenarios, even best case scenarios. Alvin Kamara will always be split in that backfield with Latavius Murray. It's why Kamara has never had over 200 carries in a season. I have enough concerns about Taysom or Jameis being under center that he might not catch. I mean, I think he went 81, 81, 81, 83 receptions. So I don't know if he's going to hit 80 again. Sean Payton's a smart guy. He's going to keep him involved. But it wasn't just the Taysom starts. In the Taysom starts, we saw his receptions go down. In the Teddy Bridgewater starts last year, we saw the touchdowns go down because the offense was wasn't as good. So I think that's the second factor people don't necessarily think about as much because without Breeze, man, like it might not be a top 12 scoring offense like we're used to. So Kamara will get his. I just think he's more of a mid to low end RB1 uh, than we're used to. And then with Jonathan Taylor, it's like Naeem Hines is their pass down back. And now going from Rivers to Wentz, we're going to lose overall target share of the running backs. That's a fact. And we could also probably lose some points per game, uh, you know, juice. I mean, once maybe he gets back to the guy, even like 2018, 2019, we'd take that. But the 2020 version, man, was horrific. I know it's a better offensive situation in Indy, but we just need a lot of stuff to go right for a guy that, again, is no matter what, sharing the backfield with Naeem Hines. And I brought up, you know, Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins, and people are like, oh, you're fading Taylor because of Mack. No, but the guy is going to have a 15 to 20% snap rate probably. And with these top 12 running backs, like, like, give me the guy like Zeke, who is the running back in his backfield. Pollard plays a little bit. Usually, most backfields these days are 2RB, but Zeke, McCaffrey, you know, Dalvin, Saquon, those are like the true kind of unicorns. And I would say maybe even Joe Mixon this year, maybe Cam Akers too. Those are the potential unicorns that could just take over the whole damn backfield. And, and for me, that possibility is worth uh, chasing the upside. The fact that, you know, you have to focus on what are the rotations like with some of these guys, it adds like an extra layer. And that's why it would make sense here to pick Ezekiel Elliott. So that's going to be our pick Ezekiel Elliott, because even with Tony Pollard, as Vikings fans saw him run by Chris Jones for touchdown, that was not a nice attempt at a tackle by Chris Jones, the one time Vikings cornerback. But (laughs) in terms of usage, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Nick Chubb doesn't catch the passes. So that's the reason we're staying away from Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, and I, I this is why I don't like full point per reception fantasy football. Like it just doesn't accurately show the game because Nick Chubb, we all know, is a top five real life running back. He's never finished better than the PPR RB8. So doesn't catch the passes. And not that he really can't. I mean, I think it's kind of like Jonathan Taylor. Like, okay, they're not McCaffrey or Eckler, but they're also not going to drop every pass thrown their way. Unfortunately, Kareem Hunt's going to be there doing his thing. So, you know, Taylor, Chubb, they both are good enough. You know, same with like Derrick Henry. They're good enough to maybe be an exception to the rule but generally we want those pass catchers and as good as the offensive lines are man volume just typically trumps the offensive lines when it comes down to it in fantasy land you know what i like about every time we get to connect and talk is that pff in general doesn't discuss running backs a whole lot right i I mean the whole anytime you see something doesn't matter there's probably a lot more to it it's a lot more nuanced but just in general it's not a huge discussion but you you get excited about running backs and we're close enough into the same age you're a little younger than me but when running backs won mvp all the time like i still i still have that in my soul 
that uh, that you could love a Sean Alexander or in in my uh, youth a Barry Sanders. So anyway, we'll take Ezekiel Elliott here with our first pick, and it will yeah. go zoink 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 here, and we'll get to our second one. Always a running back in the first round, by the way. Never anything else. Uh, I would say if one of those big five that just went in the first five picks are uh, available, I'm taking one of them. I like, I think they're calling it, the kids are calling it the, the anchor RB these days. You get your stud running back in round one and then you move on. But it, it just depends if I'm at the turn and, you know, Tyreek and uh, Devontae are still available or Kelsey, I might go a uh, wide receiver early. I would say though, I try to get at least one of about the top 15 running backs or so after kind of Clyde and Gibson and uh, Najee, after those kind of guys go, then we get into what they're calling the RB dead zone where it's like, okay, when I, I don't hate the guys, you know, like Dave Montgomery, uh, Miles Sanders, like ETN. There's certainly a path for these guys to ball out, but all of a sudden, like people are panicking about the running backs, and it's like, okay, do I want, you know, David Montgomery or a legit top 15 wide receiver? I still have on the board. Usually at that point, I'm going receiver. Right. Uh, RB Dead Zone is my metal album, actually. <laughs> uh, so here we are, in second round. I'll tell you who the top guys on the board are. We've got George Kittle, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Darren Waller are the suggested top potential picks here. Justin Jefferson is off the board. So uh, both Vikings projected top fantasy players, uh, I I wasn't able to get my hands on. So just before I picked, I missed out on DeAndre Hopkins and Kelvin Ridley. And I think Kelvin Ridley would be a guy that if you get a chance to pick him, just pick him because I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up with now without Julio there leading the entire NFL in receiving. But uh, the top guys, George Kittle, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Darren Waller. I'll give you what, I mean, I feel like George Kittle is just going to get a bleep ton of passes, whether it's from Garoppolo or if it's from Trey Lance, but especially if it's Trey Lance, then we're talking about like, here's your security blanket that you can throw to all the time. But that's what Darren Waller is too for the Raiders. Yeah, I have Waller slightly ahead of Kittle. You know, obviously they're two and three, uh, either way you want to put it. So not the biggest, uh, you know, stretch or anything like that. But to me, it's okay. If Trey Lance is under center, you know, or Jimmy G, I just feel like Waller has the better QB situation in terms of what we've seen. It's not that Lance can't be better, but, you know, Derek Carr was really good last year. And I'm, you know, I saw some quotes, uh, you know, unnamed execs calling him a top 10 QB. Chill out, but he was very good last year. Waller's going to have more volume. He is the legit undisputed number one in Vegas. Kittle could be. Ayuk and Debo, they were also there. I mean, Waller is just, you know, he could push for 150 targets and not many other tight ends other than Kelsey uh, can even say that. And then I just think uh, also we want players like the Vikings last year that are attached to terrible defenses. Raiders certainly have that a little bit more than the 49ers. So I'm team Waller over Kittle. It's certainly close to, uh, we were talking pre-show about, you know, I'm building an article about, uh, you know, the football team, earth would put out if aliens invaded in like a space jam situation i have kittle out there because i think he is the best like real life tight end but just in terms of projected targets and stuff i would give that nod to darren waller i'm with you on ridley he's my wide receiver five bumped him up there after the trade so we would have snagged him otherwise are um like eckler mixon already gone uh eckler is gone let me see about mixon uh what hold on scrolling up everyone just wait i'm scrolling (laughs) up uh, Eckler is definitely gone and, uh, Mixon is not though. Mixon is still on the board. Would you take two running backs here? Yeah, I'm going to go two running backs and then I'm not going to take another one until like round seven or eight, probably maybe get like an AJ Dillon's type in that range. So Metcalf is my wide receiver eight. Uh, Mixon is my 
RB10. So going a little heavy on the running back. But again, I love when I can get two of those top 15 guys. And Mixon, man, people act like he's just been burning everyone. He got hurt last year, just like McCaffrey did, just like Saquon did. Like quit holding the injury against Mixon and nobody else. He averaged 0.25 fewer PPR points per game than Jonathan Taylor. And people are like just appalled when you're like, well, I mean, you know, his only competition for pass down work Giovanni Bernard's gone Naeem Hines isn't gone I mean again just in terms of pure projected volume Mixon is a top six back I think people are letting you know yesterday's sorrows uh, influence uh, tomorrow's fantasy draft okay so I would pick him but I set it up so there's only one running back so we wouldn't be drafting for okay. the rest of time I'll, I'll go DK Metcalf then <laughs> so I'll go DK Metcalf all right good uh AJ Brown probably just won't get the targets right yeah, bro, he was my wide receiver too before uh, Julio came to town. That's the problem. I mean, he'll be efficient as hell again, but okay, he'll be, you know, a top 10, top 12 wide receiver. He's still kind of going closer to six or seven, which, you know, you're not going to be mad about having A.J. Brown in your fantasy team. I just think, uh, you know, when it comes down to projected target volume, I give Metcalf a slight nod ahead of him. I got Metcalf eight, Jefferson nine, and A.J.B. Uh, ten. Okay, so uh, going off the board just in front of us, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, who's going to get a lot of footballs, Josh Allen also. And uh, I think it's just Mahomes and Allen who have gone so far. When do we pick a quarterback? Not yet, right? Oh, Mahomes and Allen already gone round two. Um, if I see those guys available round four, round five, I might take uh, one earlier. But before that, nah, I'm just letting someone else do it. It's just it's so deep, man. I think uh, Trey Lance is the guy everyone should be looking to get at some point in their drafts because I was talking about this where we need to separate like these rankings competitions and like fantasy projections from who you actually want on your fantasy team because I know Trey Lance might not start for like the first five, six weeks. So if you're just trying to say who's going to score more fantasy points in 2021 between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, you should probably say Darnold. He's going to start 17 games in all likelihood. Who do you want on your team? Obviously, Trey Lance. So I think, uh, you know, being able to separate that and know that, you know, we're looking at more of a points per game perspective and really chasing that ceiling, you know, like Ricky Bobby said, first or last, that's our strategy <laughs> in these things. I think, uh, you know, someone like Trey Lance makes a lot of sense if you end up not being able to get one of the big five or six or so QBs. Hey guys, I know we have all had this conversation at home. Are you really going to spend the whole day out on the golf course instead of being with the family? Well, that's what makes Birdie Golf so great. You can make it a family experience at Birdie Golf, bring the kids and still get in all of your swings. They have eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and have a great time. And you won't lose any golf balls either, which is a good thing for me. There's also a luxury lounge for private events, outdoor patio, and scratch kitchen. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights, and every time Sam and I show up to record our podcast there, they make sure we have a great meal before we leave. Personally, I have become a big fan of the boneless wings. Make golf a night out. It's the perfect place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, and even your fantasy football draft. We've got a lot of those coming up. Check out Birdie Golf 494 and Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive from anywhere in the Twin Cities Metro at birdiegolf, B-I-R-D-I golf.com or call 651-998-2200. I'll see you there.
Hey everyone, training camp is on the way. Fans are going to be back in the stands, so you got to be ready with all your Minnesota football gear. That's why you have to check out Soda Stick. There are so many designs that you can get on hats and t-shirts, including the John Randall design, which is extremely cool. There is also the straight cash homie Randy Moss homage, the can't stop the Thielen hats, and a personal favorite, the old video game designs that Tecmo fans will appreciate. Check it all out at sodastick.com that is s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com everything screen printed here in minnesota and i can tell you the shirts are comfortable and they last a long time because at this point half of my closet is soda stick to be honest again that is sodastick.com minnesota sports inspired goods keep your eye out also for our soda stick giveaways when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here's what we got on the board then. We got Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper are the best suggested players. I think you kind of can't go wrong there. I really liked what I saw from C.D. Lamb with an actual quarterback and not Andy Dalton or Ben DiNucci. Uh, <laughs> then I think that C.D. Lamb would be ready to break out, but also he's going to have other guys taking away his targets. Terry McLaurin has a little more competition with Curtis Samuel being signed to football team. But I really like Terry McLaurin as a guy that is getting deep bombs from Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? You know, Fitzpatrick is going to air it out. Or uh, I'm assuming Waller's gone. Uh, yeah, Waller's yeah, gone. Damn. Uh, I have them all right next to each other. I have McLaurin uh, 11, Cooper 12, CD 13. So, you know, if someone disagrees with me out there, I don't necessarily blame me here. I would go Terry McLaurin, though. Now, I mean, Fitzpatrick, best QB of his career. I mean, Terry was low-key starting to have this, like, Allen Robinson, Andre Johnson uh, trajectory with the guys he was catching balls from. You know, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenan was there for a couple games. You know, so sorry, Vikings fans. I know Case had a good year with you guys, but otherwise it's been a little bit more or miss so Fitz is going to objectively be the best quarterback of McLaurin's career and it's not just that it's what Fitz has done for his number one receivers man Stevie Johnson Brandon Marshall Devontae Parker the amount of second contracts he's gotten these guys is absolutely absurd and in eight seasons where Fitz has had double digit starts his number one wide receivers had target totals of 128 128, 137, 134, 141, 146, 148, and 173. Wow. So, so McLaurin, you know, Curtis will get his. Logan Thomas is there. You know, the running backs will be out there. But I have no reason to believe Terry's not going to be the undisputed number one in this offense. And that's going to be a lot of targets for a pretty damn good receiver. Yeah. Um, Stevie Johnson is uh, it's funny because uh, I know somebody who was a number two wide receiver for the Bills, Donald Jones. And I remember talking nice. to him about Stevie Johnson and he was like, Fitzpatrick would just look at him the whole time. <laughs> it was like, can I, can I get the ball? Can I, uh, you know, I'm open over here and he's really locked in on Stevie Johnson, which may be the reason for some of his high interception totals locking into number one. He was receiver. the only guy that, yeah. I mean, Fitz wasn't afraid of Revis. He was like, I got you, Stevie, your, your targets are still coming. 
That's good. That is good memory right there because Stevie Johnson is the only human being who ever owned Darrell Revis. And he's, he's got a sun, he's got a sunny spot. You know, he's got his launch, he's got his beach chair out in Revis Island, just chilling. He's the only wide receiver there. I asked Terrence Newman about playing against Stevie Johnson once. And he said he does stuff that like, doesn't make any sense or that you've just never seen before. He just like freelances and figures things out, which is generally not advisable when playing any position in the NFL, but that just seemed to work for him. I think you see the influence with uh, Keenan Allen too, because Stevie had that one year on the chargers where I Mm -hmm. think Keenan was a rookie. And like, that's to me, the closest thing we have today, just in terms of some of the route running chops is Keenan. And I know Keenan achieved probably a little more uh, overall in the counting stuff, but just both awesome wide receivers. Loved watching Stevie. Yeah, Stevie was a lot of fun. It's the, only those teams had been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, it may be time for us to pick our quarterback here. So I picked Terry McLaurin. To me, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. If if there's any such thing as being underrated in the NFL, since yeah. you know everybody knows <laughs> everything about football. But anyway, here's what I got: Russ, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. These are my top suggestions. Herbert is really interesting to me because there's a little bit of concern about how he was more effective when he was pressured than when he wasn't pressured. And there were some big moment stuff where you kind of went like, uh, is everything firing up in the old noggin there, Herbert? But I mean, if you're talking about rising star quarterbacks, you know, I, I mean, Herbert is like the guy that we're talking about the ESPN piece where they interviewed the executives and so forth already have him as a top 10 quarterback. I think that's a little aggressive because yeah. we've seen other guys with big arms like Carson Wentz fall off at times, or we even saw Baker Mayfield have a great first year. And then the sophomore slump, how are you feeling about um, Justin Herbert? So the good news is that they've charged, you know, the chargers, one of the teams that are really lauded throughout the draft or what they were, they were able to do with the offensive line. Like they have taken major steps to fix that problem because yeah, the fact he was better under pressure makes no sense. And, you know, we have certain stable statistics and pressure is not one of them. It's, you know, first and second down passing when you're not being pressured. Uh, like those are the types of things we see year to year uh, stabilize more. So it's not that Herbert, you know, when he regresses inevitably against pressure, it's not that he's bad against pressure. He's, awesome like the things he did against you know free rushers he had to throw against the saints like literally two dudes just off the edge outran him the sideline through a dart for a touchdown so he always has that off script ability which is huge you know we might see him take a small step back but for me he's still my qb7 because the ceiling he's seen with what we've seen from similar rookie qbs i mean it, it keeps up more times than not when you're as good as he was since 2010 we've only had seven uh rookie qbs or excuse me yeah seven i think uh finished as top 12 uh fantasy producers cam newton andrew luck rg3 russell wilson dak prescott kyler murray and justin herbert so man that's good company for him to already be in uh you know keenan mike williams we added josh palmer to the equation we got some you know jalen guy and tyron johnson no lack of places to go uh with the ball for me and with herbert i mean the second half of the year i thought one of the issues was austin eckler came back in and we saw his average target death plummet at first you know eckler's one of the best players but it was similar to the christian mccaffrey thing like you don't want your running back always being the first read it's great you know if you can get the ball down to him when the situation calls for it absolutely but you know try to throw downfield if it's open and I did see him kind of break out of that you know he had the bad New England loss you know tough game against Vic Fangio and the Broncos but there were still signs of progress even in the second half of the year even though it wasn't quite as blistering uh, as his original start was so out of that group of quarterbacks and I I think you just want me to fill up the roster a little bit here normally I wait far longer on quarterbacks at this point but I would still go with uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, 
man, before he had that second half collapse, we were seeing one of the best fantasy seasons ever. This dude was putting up like 30 per game. And, you know, they talk about wanting to uh, run the ball a little bit more in Seattle this year. I don't think they have the defense to be able to do that, man. I mean, you look at their quote unquote rebound at the end of last year when the defense turned up and they started running the ball more. Here are the quarterbacks they faced. Dwayne Haskins, Wentz. A hurt version of Jared Goff, C.J. Bethard, Sam Darnold, and Colt McCoy. Before that, they were 28th in points per game allowed. So they can talk about wanting to establish it all they want. When you're down a couple touchdowns by halftime, I think Russ is going to have to get back to throwing. He's always been nothing other than a fantasy QB one, man. I don't expect that to stop here in 2021. And let me ask you about Rodgers, though, because we have to get everyone's opinion on Rodgers. Uh I think he's coming back. I'm going to just die on that hill, but uh, I could all, I could see like in a fantasy draft situation, everybody gets together and they're doing their fantasy draft. And there's that one guy who's like, I believe in Rogers. I'm picking him right here. Like, I, I think that would be me. (laughs) I would just, I would just, because he can win MVP again. Like they're running back the same team. And I think he could outperform these other two guys. Uh, It would just take a lot of belief that he's coming back. Yeah, I would say, you know, wait until you're in a situation where you can get him like outside the top 10. Then I think he's a value worth chasing. And, you know, if you're doing uh, best ball tournaments over at Underdog Fantasy, where like you're trying to come in first out of like hundreds of thousands of people, then, okay, yeah, like I'm, I've been loving to build Packers uh, stacks at their discount right now with the uncertainty in the air. I am just a little bit concerned because once again, this offense didn't really add anyone to the picture. And with all due respect to Amari Rogers, I just don't expect him to have this huge year one role you know every year the free agent wide receivers come through we just pray one of them goes to green bay none of them ever do and i know you know they've made the most of it mbs is i think uh you know as you were saying can anyone be underrated uh in today's nfl but mbs gets a lot of shit for the drops but i think generally he does his job as a field stretcher quite well Devonte, we only need to talk about how he's you know one of the best uh, to do it in the game right now but i would just say with rogers like remember before last year we were seeing him look awfully mortal and he said it himself he's like my average years are still career years for a lot of guys guys which is true but you know everything that we were everything we talk about with some of these quarterbacks you know like regressing from their year and i've already said that twice so i i don't want to just hang my hat on regression i hate that but it's so hard to be as good as rogers was last year i mean that Mm -hmm. touchdown rate was only equal by like what he did in 2011 so for me there's enough uncertainty with the situation and just the potential for rogers to you know resume being more of a mid to low end qb1 as opposed to a weekly world beater Uh, enough uncertainty there where i wouldn't be getting uh, too crazy with it and you know just your regular redraft leagues you know i'm going to use that when somebody gives me a hard time on twitter it's like look my average podcast would be the best one of your life so (laughs) that's all right so we'll draft russell wilson here and uh is this the point where it might be the point because i made the team very small so it might be the point where we get defenses and uh, oh we need a tight end still so i've got uh dallas goddard robert tanyan logan thomas mike gasecki Kind of like Mike Gusecki here. So I think Gusecki is going to be one of the biggest busts of this entire year. I understand he did really good things. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to just shit wow, on you like him, but <laughs> Space Jam dunked on me right there. That's what happened. Here's my thing with Gusecki. He has been a wide receiver for the Dolphins, and he has played last year set over 70% of his snaps in the slaughter out wide. Their three wide receiver sets are going to be Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Jalen Waddle. Where is Gusecki going to play? He's okay, probably going to – 
Yeah, he's probably going to split end line snaps with Durham Smythe, I think the guy's name is, and maybe even rotate more. I, you know, I've seen the spark score. I get it. You know, it's borderline erotic, but I don't think the guy can really do uh, enough blocking in the offense to be out there full time. And when he was finally, you know, putting up some numbers at the end of last year, yeah, he was the one guy him and two were having some chemistry with. But, you know, we had Len Bowden, Josh Perkins, Mac Hollins, like the most random assortment ever of guys. So I think, you know, Jalen Waddle is their slot receiver now. So just sick. He's someone I'm certainly uh, lower on the most. I'd go with Dallas Goddard out of that group. I mean, we get like a new Zach Ertz trade report seemingly every three days this offseason, and I'm under the belief that he's not going to return back to Philly eventually. I mean, I, I hope, you know, same thing with Rodgers, except the opposite. I just think Ertz is gone uh, at some point. That's everything we've been hearing throughout this whole offseason. And Goddard, I think he's right there with uh, the Vikings own Irv Smith as just, you know, these quote unquote backup tight ends that very well, you know, could be more productive than the starter if really given that opportunity. So uh, I've heard some good things from, you know, Eagles beat writers saying this is not going to be the sort of bottom five, uh, you know, pass attempt offense that a lot of people think. And while Devontae Smith, I think, is going to get his. Dallas Goddard has that rare opportunity to be his team's number two pass game option, even as a tight end. Okay, we won't debate the kicker or the defense, but Washington football team defense seems like a good pick. So I'm going to go with that. Um, Whole defensive line is full of first-round picks, man. And they added William Jackson. That was a nice little under-the-cover signing, I thought. Right. They, they could win the division. I mean, with just defense and Ryan Fitzpatrick variants, and they could also go five and 12 because Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. This is the, this is very serious. Will Lutz, Jason Sanders, Matt Prater, or Rodrigo Blankenship. Oh man. Give me uh, I almost just want to refuse. Give me, uh, <laughs> give me Jason Sanders. I think he just got paid. So he must be doing something right. Okay. Uh, Vikings fans hate Matt Prater because he is a alien. I mean, he's, he's a kicker for the aliens. Right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) He he kicked one from, I think it was 58 to tie the Vikings in 2016. That, that was good for, I mean, you know, that's like the cliche. (laughs) It was good from seven, but it really was. It was like the (laughs) hardest I've ever seen someone kick the ball. So we'll go halfway up the net from 58. Yes, it was <laughs> truly incredible. All right, so now it gives us a grade. I, if anybody wants to play with this, I'm using draftwizard.com. So uh, it gave us a C. Yeah, I'm not surprised we doesn't, drafted does, a, Doesn't love you. Drafted the QB in round four and reached <laughs> on him at that. You should hit it. We drafted a freaking kicker. Like, come on, that should be a C uh, right Everyone there. Everyone has to draft a kicker in, in this <laughs> league that I invented for this fantasy purposes only so you would complain about drafting a kicker. That was my purpose. <laughs> Goal achieved, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what I got two more things for you. Uh, first, I want you to guess who the top fantasy quarterbacks were, top three fantasy quarterbacks in 2009, because we did that bit before. And uh, so I'll give you a second to think about that. Top three in 2009 in fantasy points. I won't make you do 10. (laughs) Here's what I want though. Since the fantasy football guide is coming out, I want you to just give your best broad fantasy football advice. Like when someone comes up to you and says, hey, aren't you that PFF fantasy (laughs) guy, Ian Harditz? Help me with my fantasy team, bro. What do you tell them? The one big thing I would say is try to draft players at their floor as opposed to their ceiling. I mean, you look at someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I'm sure burned a lot of people last year. I drafted him as the RB4 or RB5. Like, yeah, he needed to have a best-case scenario ceiling to reach that. 
Now he's going as the RB15. He's still Andy Reid's lead RB1 going to his second year. The guy had the fourth most touches in the league before Le'Veon Bell came in the equation. Now he's out of the picture. So Clyde's right there. Uh, you know, I'll have articles go out. Like I was like, which, you know, 49ers running back should be focusing on. And everyone's going, none of them. Like, it's just a disgusting committee. It's like, yeah, but they're all being priced as RB3s. They're going outside the top 30. Like those are situations where you can get a grip on. And, you know, uh, and there's some also uh, just quickly, when you see a disparity, Disparity between two guys that we know they're going to have equal targets, you know, really consider just going the cheaper option. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk's going several rounds higher. Debo might very well have the better role of Trey Lance is there because all he's doing is getting these kind of RB-esque routes as it is. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson's another example, just too wide compared to what we would expect. Tyler Boyd's going 15 picks behind, uh, you know, Chase and Higgins uh, for whatever reason. So, you know, just really take a look uh, once you, because, you know, first four or five rounds of your fantasy draft, it's just kind of like, don't mess it up, stick more to ADP. You know, you're taking just one baller compared to another baller. So I don't think it's, you know, that uh, different stuff. Like, you know, we can talk about Cam Akers or Jonathan Taylor. You're pretty happy with either one on your team at the end of the day. So I would just say, as you get in those later rounds, like really focus on guys that might have the opportunity to, you know, take a leap up in that top tier as opposed to you know maybe someone where you're like well we need a lot of things to go right just for them to meet their draft position it always uh, seems to come down to how well you kind of read the situation for the particular team all right 2009 before we wrap up okay. top three fantasy quarterbacks from that year actually you know what i need to make it top four because fourth okay. is, because fourth is so good it's just, it's like it's very random, it seems. So top four, the first three are who you would think, and then fourth is pretty good. All right, Breeze has got to be in there. That's correct. Peyton? Uh, Peyton is fifth, so very close. Rivers? Uh, Rivers is not on the list. Uh, he's Romo? a little He's a little lower. He's like ninth, I think. Eighth, ninth. Romo? Uh, Romo's a great guess. He's sixth. You're right. You're right in that ballpark. Is Rogers under center yet? Rogers is number one. Yep. Okay. There so we go. it's so we got Breeze and Ro- Rogers. Rogers, Breeze are one, two. Number is, three, uh, it's the 2009 season on this podcast. This is why I asked it. Just think about that. Oh, man. 2009 is the season. I'm having a brain fart. On a Vikings uh, podcast. I know. I know. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm tr- oh is that the Favre year? Yes, it's the Favre. Yes. yes. That's correct. There you go. Let's go. I should know that. Okay. And you now said we the, got one more. The, the fourth one is the reason I asked top four. So you've nailed all the other great quarterbacks of the time. Manning, Romo, Rivers, Roethlisberger. You got Donovan McNabb is still hanging around. Eli Manning. Those are the guys after this guy. And let, let me just say that... Um, play action offenses didn't just start the other day. Okay. And let's just say that this wide receiver that this guy played with would have been considered one of the most underrated for the time. Oh gosh, I'm choking here. Um, there is a, there's a Vikings connection to their offensive system with this quarterback. Oh, Matt Schaub. That's right. Ah! Got it. Match up. Yeah. Oh, now go. the play action makes sense. All right. You helped me out on two of them, but I feel like I, I feel like I showed better than the uh, 2004 fantasy rankings thing we did last time. That's right. Well, great job. And always great to have you. It's just super fun. And I hope that this helped because I know within the next couple of weeks, everybody's going to start dialing up their, their fantasy stuff. And uh, you are the best of the best. So people should follow you at I heart. It's H A R T I T Z. 
And, uh, you know, there was, we had Lauren Cox on the show and his Twitter was Cox sports. And then your <laughs> I heart it's, it's just like, what are we doing here with these? Twitters? When I got, uh, when I got suspended, I, I used to, uh, try to rip off like the videos real quick. And I'd tweet like live highlights. I was trying to be like, you know, the wobe of the uh, NFL and NFL was quickly like, yeah, I cut that out. And they suspended me from Twitter. But I remember uh, my guy, Adam Levitan trying to help me out. And he like asked Twitter, like, what can my friend at iHeartits do to uh, get on suspended? And someone was just like, I don't know, maybe have a, uh, you know, Twitter name that sounds less like a porn star. (laughs) Touche. Okay. Fair. But now not, not we're back and uh, it's all good. But yeah, man, always good to talk ball with you. <laughs> all right. And the uh, PFF Fantasy Football Guide, sign up at uh, pff.com. You'll get that. Uh, I have all the tools. I get the college and the draft thing and the fantasy thing. So I've got everything. Oh, yeah, so pff.com and the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast for more insight like this. Thanks, man. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely.